What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Ever felt judged at the gym? You don't know how to use the leg curl machine. <laughs> Are you serious? This is your first day alive. Um... <laughs> no, it's okay. I love helping people during their first day on Earth. At Planet Fitness, get energy without the judgment and join the judgment-free zone. Never intimidating, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. Get energized today during the Big Fitness Energy Sale for 24 cents down, $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, January 12th. See Home Club for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. back for another edition of the starting 502 podcast as always presley meyer you are host with the most and we are riding solo like jason derulo today jacob blaine was supposed to join us but let's be honest let's not subject this man to to any more pain than he already had to be in it, it is a sad state of affairs for louisville basketball falls to 0-5 third worst start in acc history you're going to be hard pressed to convince me that there was a worse start in louisville basketball history than what we witnessed today lowest output since 1931 Louisville falls 70 to 38 to Texas Tech, and it really took a, a heroic effort by the bench warmers to actually uh, come in and make it a 32 point blowout loss instead of being, uh, you know, whatever it was. They were down, I think, I believe 37 38 at one point before Texas Tech kind of called off the dogs. I mean, just an absolute disgrace, a travesty. Uh, you cannot put into words how awful of a performance this was from Louisville basketball. Getting into the box score just a little bit, uh, nobody scored more points than Jalen Withers and L. Ellis, who both had seven points. J.J. Trainer had six. On the boards, uh, the cards were equally as pathetic. Mike James with two, L. Ellis with one board. Brandon Holly Hatfield with three boards. Uh, Jalen Withers led all rebounders for the cards with five. Just absolutely just pathetic, ridiculous performance from your Louisville Cardinals tonight. I mean, again, just right there, it's inexcusable. Sidney Curry with four rebounds and Brandon Huntley-Hatfield with three. Like, you just, you cannot continue to have these sort of performances. And we'll get into this in a second, but there's clearly, there, there's got to be more going on within the program than we know about because this is just absolutely asinine. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ludicrous. It's unacceptable. We deserve better. The players, the coaches, the fans, everyone around the program deserves better. I mean, God forbid... Like, I, I seriously, I put serious thought into actually planning a trip, going to Hawaii this year. Can you imagine the poor souls? I don't know. There's maybe 100, 150 Louisville fans that spent 
the thousands and thousands of dollars that it cost to travel with the team down to Hawaii to stay in a hotel on the beach. I mean, granted, I'm sure they're having a great family vacation, but it's got to be marred by this performance by the Cardinals. Just an absolutely pathetic performance. Let's get into the game just a little bit. Again, Louisville Falls 70-38 to to Texas Tech. The Cards scored 13 points in the first half, and they stayed at 13 points for essentially almost an hour of real time, and that that is not an exaggeration. That's not a joke. Um, It cannot be understated how bad of a stretch that Louisville had. They were down 20-13 to after an LLS layup with just over four minutes to go in the first half. They did not score again until almost the under-12 timeout uh, of the second half. You cannot understate how poor of a performance this was uh, for Louisville basketball. Uh, A 10-minute and 9-second stretch without a point didn't even get to the free throw line. And it's just, at this point, you just have to, to begin to question everything that happened in the offseason, everything that's going on behind the scenes with Louisville basketball. You have to question everything. And if you don't, then you're just, you're, you've buried your head in the sand. Yes, we're going to continue to support this team. Yes, we're gonna, going to continue to talk about it after every single game. But look, there's something much more dire going on within this program. Uh, starting off the game, Louisville actually started 3 to nothing, So uh, they actually led... Led this ball game for just over two minutes. Is this the second most they've led in a game so far this season? Uh, which is just a pathetic stat to even have to talk about. But thought that they looked good throughout the game on defense. To be quite honest with you, um, really good hands early on, on on defense. Forced Texas Tech to take some late ill-advised shots. They had some good penetration on offense, especially starting with Ellis getting some open threes. Uh, knocked down one of those. Jalen Withers with the first basket of the game. He could take the cards up three to nothing. Ellis was. Uh, was got got a little patient trying to drive and score, and but ultimately, you know, a, a solid start on defense, solid rebounding. You saw some solid fast break defense, which is again something you know we try to point out things that that are are continuing to to improve from from this Louisville team. So so starting out not the worst for Louisville for the first six or seven minutes of the game, but it was just that it was that segment basically after the under eight timeout until just right before the under twelve timeout of of, of the second half, and it just. Just pathetic, pathetic uh, basketball. Um, you know, really started out trying to take notes, trying to to really break down this game for you guys. From this point on, from the under eight timeout where Texas Tech was five for fifteen from the field, one for seven from three. I thought that Louisville was playing really good defense, doing just a good job of of keeping themselves in the in the basketball game. But but Texas Tech finished finished the first half on a seventeen to two run. Uh, it was the largest deficit as far as as far as least amount of points scored to points allowed ratio that Louisville has had. I believe, according to Kelly Dickey, in over seventy years, Louisville knocked down four shots in the first half, three shots in the in the first sixteen minutes of the game, seven turnovers through the first half. But that was not that was not the end of it. The second half was just absolutely just I mean just breathtakingly bad. Turnover percentage, Louisville turned the ball over on 27% of its possessions. And look, we told you guys last night that, that Texas Tech was one of the better defensive teams in the country. Uh, that definitely showed today. Uh, but but Louisville did not do itself any favors on the offensive end of the floor. And look, it's just, it's it's bad across the board. You know, L. Ellis is supposed to be the lead, leader of this team. He does an okay job of driving driving to the to the basket. But often, as we kind of indicated last night, a little bit too much penetration, a little gets a little bit too deep into the lane and then kind of forces things. He gets off his feet and throws a lot of ill-advised passes. His teammates do not do a, a good job of of recognizing this and running towards the ball. Louisville is relying quite a bit this year on Jalen Withers and Brandon Huntley-Hatfield to handle the ball, and I just think that that's, that's, 
just a tragedy. That's just an accident waiting to happen. You have two six foot nine, six ten guys that you're expecting to be solid ball handlers, when in reality, those might be your two best options down low. I mean, we can get into that again tonight. Uh, Sidney Curry at least got up four shots this game. He made one of them. Finished with two points, four rebounds. Again, just a pretty putrid effort from Sidney Curry. I mean, looking looking across the box score again, Brandon Huntley-Hatfield not that much better in, in replacement of, of Sidney Curry. Three points, three rebounds. Lula finished this game with five assists, which, you know, is, is one better than the last game. But, I mean, again, outside of LLs, there's nobody there that can create offense. I, I think that the, the issue that you've seen in the last two games and, and these Maui games is that, I mean, Louisville just completely lacks any sort of effort. It's not difficult to get them down. And then once they're down, it's very easy to keep them down. And, yes, we've seen at the end of, of every game when they're down double digits and, you know, it's essentially the opponent is kind of giving in, then all of a sudden Louisville thinks it's okay to try. And what I mean by that, like, what I mean by okay to try is they will actually make the hustle plays instead of the opposition. But look, when you're down by 38 points to Texas Tech, I mean, their fans are enjoying their Mali vacation. They're sipping on some pina coladas. They're ready to, to make plans for the rest of the night. Maybe go to a little pig roast. Maybe go get a little, uh, go get a little sun on the beach. Maybe do literally any, anything that you do on vacation. Meanwhile, Louisville fans are just are hoping we could try for, for uh, maybe 30 seconds. I don't know. So maybe maybe the fans imploring them, uh, you know, you're down 35, you're down 40, go, 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 something like that. Uh, really just, you know, in, in inspiring maybe a Hersey Miller to – to uh, get into the lane and then make a tough bucket, but I mean, ultimately, not to, not to be too sarcastic, not to to try to downplay the situation, but it's as dire of a situation as I've ever seen. We're gonna have to do this twenty six more times. I want to kind of put that in perspective as well. Louisville's zero and five, and there's no prospects of them getting a win anytime soon. Um, I'm, I'm sitting here watching uh, the beginning of Cincinnati and Ohio State. Ohio State leads by three early in this game, but I can tell you just by the physicality, the size, the the basketball acumen of these two teams, whoever Louisville plays, they're going to get destroyed. I'm hoping and praying that Cincinnati pulls this one out because God forbid that we have to hear from Cincinnati fans about this for any period of time. Really a pulling for the Bearcats to pull this one out so that we can face Ohio State, take our lumps, and go home. And that's truly what the reality of the situation is, right? Like, you're just hoping that you play somebody that sucks so that maybe you could get a win. I mean, but the reality is that you're probably going to play Cincinnati or Ohio State. Well, you're definitely going to play Cincinnati or, or Ohio State. But uh, and, and then you're going to go on and play uh, Maryland at home, who will be a top 25 team by the time Louisville faces them. I mean, unless there's a there's a uh, act of divinity, unless something changes, there's a crazy miracle that that will also be a loss. Then Louisville takes on Western Kentucky, who just notched a win today. I, I can't foresee Western Kentucky is one of the only one of two teams that, that in the country that's actually bigger than Louisville. So. I can't see that uh, that necessarily falling in Louisville's direction. Staring 0-8, 0-9 right in the face uh, with no uh, foreseeable positive end in sight. And, you know, I don't want to sit here and break down the game forever. I think more the, the question is, you know, number one, what is going wrong? Is it correctable? And if it's not correctable, what the hell do we do? I, I think that that's, that's the, the fairest assessment to make, right? If... I'm not going to sit here and say that because you're 0-5 that you can't improve, that you can't notch wins. Uh, but Louisville is so far away from even being competitive in a game with its, with uh, with Texas Tech uh, or with Arkansas that it's kind of hard to, to see a, a circumstance where we're even talking about Louisville winning. We're, we just need to talk about Louisville getting competitive. And what does that mean? How does that happen? I felt that they played one really solid 
half against Arkansas, uh, but it took a, a crazy LLS driving layup at the end of the half to even be down by, by single digits at the end of that half. So if that gives you any sort of perspective. What, what is the issue? I mean, number one, it goes back to the offseason, right? It goes back to Louisville had many, many opportunities to solidify this roster. Uh, they left three scholarship spots open. One of those was taken by Hersey Miller after Louisville couldn't fill uh, any more guard positions. Fabio Basili is the guy that you brought in to replace essentially four veteran guards from last season. Granted, there was a lot of complaining. There's a lot of bitching, bickering about Louisville's guard play last season. But goddamn, what we would not do to to have a, a Noah Locke on this team, a Jared West. And it's pathetic that we have to say that as Louisville basketball, as a program that's supposed to be a, a fringe, borderline blue blood program, right? That we're saying, damn, I wish that we had a Noah Locke on this team. Like, what was the complaint about Noah Locke last year? Was that he was not a, a true legitimate guard? He was, that, he was a spot up, uh, maybe third or four, fourth option, great six-man type of player. I mean, Noah Locke would be a star on this team, right? Jared West would be a star on this team. Dre Davis. Dre Davis, a guy who the staff essentially let walk. Dre Davis is is doing nothing but kind of the same old thing at Seton Hall. Then you kind of go in, into the transfer portal, right? Louisville had opportunity after opportunity to land guys, ultimately could not do so. And it seemed like there was no backup plan. Like they went after three or four very highly rated prospects in the transfer portal, knowing that they really didn't have the relationship to land some younger guys from the freshman recruiting class, right? So they went after these big names, and they whiffed again and again and again. And so now you have a Tyrese Hunter doing great things at, at, at another top-level program. And Imani Bates absolutely killing it at Eastern Michigan. Malachi Smith. Many big-time names that you just absolutely whiffed on in the transfer portal after every inside source thinking that Louisville was going to land these guys. And so now there's no backup plan. And so you end up with a Fabio Basile and you end up with a Hersey Miller. And what does that give you? Absolutely nothing. L. Ellis is far and away the most talented player on this team right now. He is absolutely pressing. Three for 11 from the field tonight. One for six from three. 0 for two from the free throw line, which that's a that's a whole other conversation to get into. I mean, when, when, when you look across the, the box score uh, turnovers by this team, Mike James, three turnovers. L. Ellis, three turnovers. Jalen Withers, five turnovers. Those are your three really primary ball handlers. And then Hersey Miller with one turnover tonight. You know, those are your primary ball handlers. And you're looking at 10-plus turnovers from the primary ball handlers tonight. There's just not talent. There's not depth. There's not anything that we're accustomed to seeing from a Louisville basketball roster. And if you look at this roster right now, and you look across any other team in Power 5, do you think right now that Mike James would start a game for Georgia Tech, for the lowliest of lowly uh, among Power 5 programs? For I mean, I can't even see, let's say, like a Vanderbilt anymore. That Do you think that Mike James, L. Ellis, Sidney Curry, Jalen Withers would even see clock right now for any Power 5 program? Let's say Western Kentucky, right? Do you think that—I think L. Ellis would probably go and start for Western Kentucky right now, but would Mike James— I, I, I I find that hard to believe. Um, Sidney Curry, I don't think, would start for Western Kentucky. Roosevelt Wheeler, I don't think, would start for Western So you start going down this roster, right? You start going down and, and, and assessing the talent, assessing the depth that you have on this team. And, and Louisville whiffed in the offseason, and that ultimately falls back on the staff. The staff had longer to recruit any player in the transfer portal than any other coach in the country, right? You know, if you want to go up against the Kansases and the Texases, Duke, North Carolina, 
um, Florida State, those sort of programs, right? UCLA. When you're going up against those sort of teams, right, the, the excuse would be, oh, well, you know, the coaches were transitioning. Well, look, coaches can't talk to players until the season's over. Kenny Payne had an opportunity to not only assemble his staff, but have his staff go out and 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 really evaluate players and, and recruit the guys that they wanted and the guys that, frankly, that they needed. And they didn't do that, so they couldn't bring in any any quality freshmen. They couldn't bring in anyone in the transfer portal after Brandon Huntley-Hatfield. And let's be honest, Brandon Huntley-Hatfield has looked lost and confused. After starting the back half of the season for Tennessee last season, Brandon Huntley-Hatfield looks just you know like a shell of, of who he used to be. And so that's what this program has become, right? So now you, you you whiff on everybody in the transfer portal. You don't bring in any freshmen. You let guys that could could have been contributors on this team go. And now you're stuck with a roster of guys who are just not able to get it done. And not only are they not able to get it done, but every single player on this roster outside of L. Ellis has regressed. And you could even argue that L. Ellis has regressed in the two games in the Bahamas. The two games against notable opponents, L. Ellis has not shown up. You're stuck with Mike James and L. Ellis at, at the guard positions and you're stuck at Sidney Curry down low because what is the better, better option as Ethan, Ethan Sprouse said last night on the, on this very podcast, what is the better option? I mean, there's not, you could go to Kamari lands who kind of got the hot hand for a little bit last night, looked really solid against Arkansas over seven tonight, over two from three, one total rebound minus 30 plus minus. So that's what you're looking at now is wh- where do you go for answers? Like, it's very clear that the staff doesn't think that, de- that that a Devonry is ready. It's very clear that the staff doesn't believe in a Fabio Basile, even though I would argue that at least he can get to the bucket. At least he was trying when he got into the game, right? The staff can't go to Hersey Miller to, to navigate this ship. Now, I, granted, as I've been saying over and over, you need Hersey Miller just to be a game manager, and he's done that adequately. But you can't just have a game manager come in and, and that be it, right? Like Because there there's no other pieces around Hersey Miller for anything positive to happen when Hersey Miller's in the game maybe Louisville doesn't turn the ball over but they're going to get an ugly shot at the end of the shot clock is that what you want like is that is that the best that Louisville's going to be able to get you know it's just going to be this infinite circle of, of kind of talking ourselves in circles trying to figure out a solution but the reality is that there's not enough talent on this roster and what the staff has come in and done is made not made every player worse but every player has underperformed what they were last season Mike James shows promise Mari Land shows some promise, but let's be honest, L. Ellis is not, he's not playing up to the level that we saw where he could be last season when he had other guys who could handle the ball, when he had other guys who could distribute, when he had other guys that he could pass to, and you could trust that Louisville could make a shot. Jalen Withers is, is who he has been for the last three seasons, and I would argue that Jalen Withers had his best season during the COVID year when he was playing at center. And now the staff is pushing him further and further away from the basket. And we are seeing that Jalen Withers is, is not adequate as a guy who is going to be relegated to, to jump shots or ball handler driving from the top of the key trying to, to get to the basket. I don't think that's what Jalen Withers' game is. And yet that is what he's been relegated to. Brandon Huntley Hatfield is nothing like the player that he was at Tennessee right now. Mike James, again, I said, you know, a little bit of promise. Roosevelt Wheeler. I mean, I, I would argue that Roosevelt Wheeler's is is not where he was last season. And then JJ Trainer, maybe the one example of a, of a player that has gotten a little bit better since last season. But still, there are there are a lot of red flags with JJ Trainer, namely that teams can take advantage of his lack of strength. So it's going to be up to the staff to put them in the in the correct positions. But I mean, before you even get there, right, then you have to talk about the attitude 
and the culture around this team. Kenny Payne has talked over and over about how he's trying to build a culture. And I understand that in order to build something, you have to kind of tear away at it. You have to you have to tear something down first, right? You have to lay the foundation for that program, right? You have to kind of restructure that home with with the foundation that you're given. So Louisville's kind of attempting to to gut this metaphorical house and to just kind of reconstruct what it was given, right? Try to do the best job that they can with what they were given. But let's be honest. I mean, I, I don't think that we're even to the tearing it down stage yet. And that's kind of the frustrating part, you know. And, and you would think with, with Kenny Payne, with Nolan Smith, with Danny Manning, with, with the staff that they've assembled, you would think that that wouldn't be an issue. You would think that over the course of eight to nine months that the staff would be able to kind of drill into this team's head the, the work ethic, the attitude, the hustle uh, that is expected out of a Louisville basketball team, but instead they've regressed even further. And ultimately, I mean, that has to fall back on the staff a little bit because, again, as, as I said last night, if you're preaching culture, yet you see these sort of performances from your players, like ultimately that falls back on you. Negativity has to be met with ramifications, right? And what I mean by that is if if a player makes a poor play, there has to be a repercussion for that action, right? If his attitude is not where it needs to be, there has to be a repercussion for that action. And what you've done is kind of handcuffed yourself because the repercussion typically, right, is that you see the bench. But Louisville kind of essentially just wasted three scholarships this season. I know the outside circumstances. I get that maybe that they anticipated some scholarship reductions from the IARP. I get that. But by the same token, those didn't come down. And so Louisville kind of instinctively kind of just shelled up, just said that we're just going to wall up the season and make do with what we have. Well, what you have does not allow for any sort of, of ramifications for, for the actions of players. When you have an L. Ellis playing the bulk of the minutes, yet he's minus 34 in the plus minus. When you have a Mike James that you can't pull uh, because then you're putting in a Kamari Lands. Or when you have an L. Ellis that you can't pull because you're putting in a Hersey Miller. When you have a Sidney Curry that you can't pull because you're putting in Roosevelt Wheeler. When you have Jalen Withers playing at a, at a position that he really ha- hasn't been used to, when you have a Brandon Huntley Hatfield not playing up to your standard, what do you do? Where do you go to? And again, that falls back on the staff. The roster construction in the offseason was abysmal. We kind of talked about this in the offseason that it was a problem that we were taking issue with. Where are the guards? Where are the guards? Where are the guards? What are we going to do? And the staff said it'll be fine. We can adjust to it. We can take care of it. We'll look. It's been a just a downward spiral ever since then, right? The attitude, the effort within this program is just not acceptable and that has to change and again we've said this over and over after every single game if we see you give 40 minutes of effort and you lose by 20 damn it it is what it is at least you freaking tried you cannot watch that game and tell me that Louisville gave its full 100% effort for 40 minutes you cannot tell me that you're lying to yourself if you think that that's the case and if the coaching staff is out there saying that they are lying to you it has to be better it's got to be better it's, it has to improve. We at least have to see that. And the standard has not changed. The expectations for this program have not changed. They will not waver, not on this podcast, but by the same token, we still have to start somewhere. And starting somewhere would be seeing that full 40 minutes of effort because we have not seen that through five games, not one time. I think the, Arcan- the first half of Arkansas was the closest that you will, that you have seen. And now you're getting into kind of desperation mode. Where are you going to find that first win? Where are you going to find those little wins, right? 
Like, where are you going to find a little win where you can win a segment, win two segments, win a half? As Chris Matthews would talk about, you know, get a kill, three straight defensive stops, that sort of stuff. When are you going to find a game where you don't go five, eight, 10, 12 minutes without scoring a basket? Like, it's those little things that we're going to be looking for. And finally, you get into kind of looking towards the future, and that's where perhaps it concerns me the most because you bring in a Kenny Payne, not only to reestablish the culture, to to bring in the ties of the old regime and kind of loop it in with the new regime. The thought process was always, you know, Kenny Payne saying, well, I need you, I need you, I need you, I need you. Kenny, we need you to hold up your end of the bargain too, brother. And I don't think that anybody expected it to ever get even remotely close to this bad. I think if you talk to Josh Hurd right now and you said if he could go back and redo it, not that he could be revisionist necessarily, but if he could go back and, and assess it, and you, you looked at Josh Hurd before, the hiring of Kenny Payne. If you went back and said that the season was going to start this way, I don't think that people would have said it's worth it. I don't think they would have. And now that we're looking towards the future, you brought in Kenny Payne, you brought in the staff, you brought in Danny Manning and Nolan Smith to be all-star recruiters. And the first 2023 class came and went with very few prospects left on the board. And all you have is two wings that have an almost identical game that are ranked about in the 60s, one of which was recruited by Chris Mack and staff, and he's a local guy, so Louisville just kind of went in and solidified it. The only player that Louisville has really secured in this class that the other coaching staff just kind of was not involved with at all is Curtis Williams Jr. He doesn't seem like a guy that's going to come in and be a program changer. Yes, you still have the ability to to take care of business in the transfer portal, but are we going to sit through this entire season, wait it out, and then see if we can land guys in a transfer portal? Because what if he doesn't? Like, that's the question that we all have to be asking ourselves. Because in this past offseason, it went very, very bad. Went very poorly. On the actual recruiting trail, guys that Louisville has been in on, they have not been able to secure. You know, we thought that DJ Wagner for a while was a shoe-in. You know, we thought that Isaiah Miranda could have been a shoe-in. We thought an A.J. Johnson could have been a shoe-in, just like we did in the transfer portal. You see a theme being established here. And so we're going to have to sit through these next 26 games and wait to see if the staff is going to be able to secure players in the transfer portal. I understand having to work with what you're given. I understand having to rebuild the foundation. I get that. But look, I mean, if you're going through and you're evaluating the team on the court, if you're evaluating the job of the coaching staff, if you're evaluating where the program stands versus where Chris, where it was when Chris Mack was fired, if you're evaluating how Louisville's doing on the recruiting trail, if you're evaluating how Louisville's doing in the transfer portal, if you're evaluating optimism within the fan base, if you're evaluating the entire state of the program, if you go back and, and just try to check any of those boxes, you cannot. You cannot say that Louisville is better anywhere, at any point, at any part of the program than it was the day that Chris Mack left. You paid him over $4 million to go away, right? Was it five or four? Four and a half, something like that. You paid Chris Mack millions of dollars to go away. You went out and you did a full coaching search to try to evaluate and make sure that Kenny Payne was the right guy, ultimately decide on Kenny Payne. But in that time period, Louisville has won two regular season basketball games. Like, that was in February, bro. And Louisville still hasn't won under Kenny Payne. Their recruiting classes still don't look any better if not worse than when Chris Mack was here. You whiffed in the, in the transfer portal. And the culture that you're trying to establish on the floor, it's not showing through in any aspect of the game. In any aspect. You gave a walk-on a scholarship, and you're I- expecting him to, to give any sort of, of notable performance against top-tier Power 5 programs, 
and you're going to have that going on the entire year. You got to play Virginia twice. You got to play North Carolina, Duke. You got to play Kentucky. You got to play Maryland. The list goes on and on. Like, I mean, I am terrified to play Virginia right now. My, my God, I'm terrified to play Cincinnati right now. Cincinnati lost by Northern Kentucky to 13, by the way. It's it's a scary road ahead for Louisville basketball with no light at the end of, in the, the tunnel, even remotely close, right? Like, it feels like the bottom has fallen out and Louisville is just in a complete free fall with no end even remotely in sight. So what do you do, right? Like, and, and, and how do you evaluate the program? Like, at some point you have to see improvement in the form of a win, right? But at some point, you have to see improvement in the form of, of an attitude and overall effort from this team. I understand it's a work in progress. I understand that you're rebuilding the foundation. I understand that it's going to take time. I understand that, you know, say in, in three years, there's going to be like that handful of people that's like, ha ha, I told you so. Kenny Payne would finally turn around. And maybe, maybe that is the case. But right now, there's nothing that you can point to and say that you think that this program is on the right track in that area. Not one thing. The former regime got their got got the the coach that they wanted to come in. He was hired. Maybe that aspect of the program is healed. But what about what about the program going forward? What about respect? What about dignity? What about having players just give effort for 40 straight minutes? What about that? Yes, maybe some bitterness about the past, right? Maybe that's settled. But has there been anything to prove that that going forward is helping with the future. You got to sit here and ask yourself that. And look, this is coming from the guy. Like, I, I don't think that anyone has been more positive about this than me. But look, when you lose 70 to 38 in a college basketball game and you are a blue blood program, when you just lost by 30 plus to Arkansas last night after Arkansas called off the dogs with 10 minutes left, when you turn the ball over 16 times in one half, when you don't score a basket for more than 10 minutes. You have to sit here and ask yourself, was it worth it? Give some thought to, was this the right move? Was this the right decision? And is there any hope going forward? It's so much more deeply seated than just playing a few bad basketball games. Yes, there are cultural problems, but it does not appear any more rebuilt now than it did almost a year ago. And that is the damning part right there. We'll find out soon if Louisville faces Cincinnati or Ohio State on Wednesday. Not looking for a W there. Just looking for 40 minutes of consistent great effort. We're looking for players who look like they, you know, have gotten past fifth grade basketball camp. That's what we're looking for because we have not seen that recently. Till next time, starting 502 Podcasts. Let's get out of here. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. 
And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.